This week's episode is brought to you by Fairy Godmother Travel, the official travel agency of CaminoCore Weekly. With over, with over 15 years of experience, Teresa and her team will help you book the best Disney vacation you've ever had. Whether you want to go to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, on a Disney cruise, or an Adventures by Disney trip, and everywhere in between, Fairy Godmother Travel is the only travel agency we trust to help us make Disney magic. Contact them today at CaminoCore Weekly at FairyGodmotherTravel.com. Hello and welcome to CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And you know what I heard, George? What? You were part of some weird national news this weekend. <laughs> Why, yes, I was. And all we can really say right now is hashtag CP blackout. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Not the same type of blackout I'm used to. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, there were, there were some parts that were kind of scary a little bit, but not scary even like, you know, scarowins type scary. Okay, I can I get behind this. You know. All right, so without giving any away here in the introduction, which, let's go to the trip report. I'm scared, jumping, scared. We took a trip, and this is our trip. Okay, I was going to start this off as a joke, Jeff, like, what has 1,600 miles, 42 coasters, and four theme parks, but there's not really a punchline. And I was like, what, what is the punchline? <laughs> Where are you going with this? So this past weekend, well, I guess which Your is Your car? The, yes, in my car. The, okay. uh, the first weekend of June, I was able to take a massive coaster trip. Yes, put 1,600 miles on my car, visited Kings Island, Holiday World, Kentucky Kingdom, and Cedar Point. And we will cover those other parks at a later broadcast, but I really wanted to talk about Cedar Point and what happened when I was there on Sunday, June the 5th. So you may have to go back and check your calendars. Um, you know, Cedar Park, Cedar Point is the flagship of all the Cedar Fair parks. It's been around as we've covered on Community Core Weekly before for over 100 years, and they have 17 world-class roller coaster. So I was super excited about getting my coaster credits up on this trip. Sadly, uh, I was only able to get seven coasters done on my visit to Cedar Point. Um, I just you know, got to the park at 10 before rope drop was in there, was riding a whole bunch of coasters, enjoyed it, stopped for lunch, went to ride a few more coasters. And then a little bit before two o'clock, I started looking at my uh, weather app and checking the radar and going, huh, there's a pretty bad storm coming along. And I was back at the frontier town part of the park, which is actually beautiful. And it reminded me of Knott's Berry Farm mixed with a little bit of Adventureland and Frontierland at Disneyland. Overgrown, okay. really well done. You don't even feel like you're in an amusement park at that point in time. I like that. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. But you know, so Cedar Point 
for those of you who aren't aware, it's 365 acre theme park or amusement park. It feels huge, it's laid out very well. The midway is massive. It's got several branching corridors that lead on one side, you know, to coasters and other areas of the parks like the Kitty Kingdom. And, you know, it's sort of like three parks to me all together. There's a midway, which is sort of like a fair. There's a coaster park, which sort of rings the edges. And there's the old time area that I mentioned in Frontier Town, which is cool. And it's got 71 attractions, which is mind boggling. I think they're actually That's a ton. Yeah, they're in the Guinness Book of World Records for this. Um, and it is the second oldest operating theme park in America. So I got to ride the coasters. Val Raven, which was a really good dive coaster, still like Griffin and Bush Gardens better. Rode Blue Streak, which is the oldest operating roller coaster at Bush Gar I mean at Cedar Point. Then I was able to ride Raptor, Gatekeeper, which is a wonderfully uh, executed wing coaster by B&M, Iron Dragon, which did hurt a little bit, Rougarou, and Millennium Force, which just did go over, what, 200 and some odd feet or 300 feet. It was really nice. So after I finished Millennium Force, as I mentioned, I went into Frontier Town, and I went into a uh, all the different shops and stuff and decided to stay inside this... Um, a mill that they had stuff they had brought from Franklin, North Carolina, and all the buildings for some reason said it this, this can function as a storm shelter. Now I should have picked the old time <laughs> candy store, but I'm thinking this is a little bit of foreshadowing. So I watched the radar, the storm blew in fairly quickly, there were lightning strikes just a few miles away, and after about 10 minutes of the storm, of sitting in the mill, the power went out inside the building. I thought, well, this is Frontier Town. It probably doesn't have very good electrical circuits. Haha, <laughs> come on. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, once the storm abated, went outside with everybody else that was in the room, in the mill with me, and we started walking around. Well, noticed that uh, a lot of the other shops had their doors open. There were no lights on. Employees were kind of milling around and found out pretty much that electricity was gone throughout most of the park. Which has never happened to me before. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I've been evac'd from rides before. And they got to remember, Cedar Point is sort of an island. It has two roads connecting it to Sandusky, Ohio, more or less, the, the causeways. So I was like, well, what if something happened? I, I wasn't sure. So I stopped inside uh, by the brew and barbecue section they had set up in Frontier Town. And then I was starting to get some more information. I was able to check Twitter and found out that several telephone poles had fallen, unfortunately, on the causeway. There were a few people, from what I understand, weren't injured, but were trapped in their cars for a long time. So I'm not complaining at all about being stuck in a theme park. I'm just glad nobody was hurt at yes. all. It looked, looked scary, some of those images they had yeah. of like them, the power lines on the cars and the families just hanging out in them if they you know, could not they get, could out get out so, safely. Yeah, so we heard from many employees that power was gone all over the park. People on Twitter didn't really know what was going on, except for the images of the causeway. So it was pretty scary. And, you know, besides figuring out what happened, none of the employees really understood or knew. And I thought this was a problem that Cedar Point really needs to address. This was like a natural disaster for a small city. I mean, imagine 30 to 40,000 people that are at Cedar Point on this island, and now we knew the causeway was blocked. How are we going to get off the island? Was that how many were there when it happened? Uh, I don't know exactly, but that's what I've been trying to piece together from different people. Okay. But, you know, a slow operating day, probably about 35,000 people okay. were there, including employees, you know, because there were some employees that lived there. Um, 
and they have dorms there. But it just felt like there should have been something better done with the disaster preparedness itself. No one could tell me what was going on. Nobody really had any good ideas. We had all these other rumors. And my first thought was 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, <laughs> and 42. I was like, oh no, I'm on an island. We've lost power. We're, That's amazing. We're gone. Um, there were lots of employees walking around that were doing cleanup, actually doing some maintenance on the rides. They were walking around with little brooms, cleaning up some of the storm damage. And everybody was really nice and very apologetic that nothing, that they didn't know what was happening. And, you know, I am glad that the staff wasn't spreading misinformation. They really said they didn't know. And some people said, well, we think there's power up at the front part of the Midway, but I've been back here and told to stay here to keep an eye on things. But I was able to walk through most of that, uh, the back end of Frontier Town, where the Maverick Coaster is, as well as most of Camp Snoopy as well, and part of the lower part of the Midway behind the Top Thrill Dragster. And there were barely, at any point in time, 10 or 15 people in my view at all. Jeez. Yeah, no coasters going, no noise, couldn't hear any music, just employees sort of walking around, the wind blowing, sun came out. So you had that weird, something bad happened, and we don't know what it was. Got tons mm. of photos, tons of photos. Um, you know, it, you just walk up to a roller coaster, just taking photos of it, and nothing's moving. It almost felt like an abandoned amusement park, or... So what is that, the zombie apocalypse things you like so much, Jeff? You, you, the haunts? No, it wasn't oh. like a haunt. Nobody was jumping out and scaring me. Oh, like The Walking Dead? You were in The Walking Dead? I guess so. That's what it felt like after a while. Um, the one thing we ran into was um, back in the area where the there was a loss of power, if you went to a modern bathroom mm -hmm. that had an automatic flushing toilet, it wouldn't flush. And people would still go in the bathroom and use it and then come out complaining. So, you know, don't use the bathroom. And you couldn't wash your hands. But I was able to find a few other functioning, self-flushing, or I mean, you know, manually flush toilets. Again, flushing on your own terms. And, you know, Nailed it. you got it. the sinks that would work like regular faucets and paper towels. So I sort of stood guard over that and charged people a dollar. No, just kidding. It was, <laughs> that it was, would have been genius, It was $2. Actually. It was $2. And, you know, the, the, the people or the, the employees that were working the stores we're happy to sell you something, but you had to have exact change. Like I was going to live on gummy bears, I think, <laughs> at one point in time. So, but I, I finally, after about two hours of walking around and getting amazing photos of all these things, because, you know, that's what I got to do. I got to the Midway and found out that power was on in that section. The first thing I saw was the scrambler was working. I'm like, what? How is the scrambler working? But they had some, I, I think I've heard they've had mass, they had some generators, or they did have one circuit that was working, or to the front of the park so thank goodness i was able to get food had to pay for it of course but the restaurants Live. were working i lived i didn't die i didn't resort to cannibalism was thinking about it because it would have been kind of fun would have made this more interesting yeah probably right? yeah um almost all of the flat rides were running in planet snoopy because yes cedar point is so big it has a camp snoopy like at knots and a planet snoopy like at all the other cedar fair parks it's big and they had the Kitty Kingdom was running, the the Ferris wheel was running. <laughs> got I don't that. know if I wanted to be on that. Yeah, and I and I got to Just ride the Steeplechase Downs. I mean the the Cedar Downs, which mm -hmm. is like a merry-go-round where the horses race. That was fun. Uh, I was able to eat at Pink's, which I think my friends in California might be familiar with. Pink's hot dogs. 
mm-hmm. out there. So Very good. Really, really good. And of course, got to use my Carowinds refillable mug to get lots of free soda while I was up at the front of the park. So I was kind of, kind of hyper. Okay. Or something like that. All right, I get it. Yeah, and all the Midway games were running as well. So I think they were at least able to make some money. And Cedar Point was doing something really nice. Or Cedar, yeah, they their huge line in front of guest services that went all the way down halfway past the Midway, which was huge. Oh, wow. But they were giving people uh, comp tickets to come back that year or the next year. Oh, nice. Yes, really nice. So, uh, for, Good for them. Yeah, for me, I had a, I have a, a C, uh, the Platinum Pass, so I, it didn't matter. But I was glad to see them do that. And if you had mm-hmm. bought one of the Fast Lane Pluses or the Fast Lane wristbands, which are similar to Disney's Fast Passes, um, they were giving you uh, a, not really a voucher, but an automated computer voucher that you could come back to guest services, and they would give you another one later in the year. Okay. And that's that's anywhere from 70 to a $93 value, which is nice. Well, yeah. I mean, they paid for it. They might as well make the, yeah, the best of it. which is nice. And I know they had a headache on their hands. Cedar Point was closed the following Monday. It took um, Ohio Edison a full day and a half to get all the poles up. Wow. But, you know, as, as I mentioned, it was fairly post-apocalyptic it felt like <laughs> you know, not quite tumbleweed but you've got leaves blowing by um i got tons of fantastic photos you know it, it's something you don't want to happen or have happen but it was it was enjoyable in the fact that i was safe everybody on the island was safe there wasn't any problems and we could just enjoy whatever was open uh, i did good, good thing the dinosaurs didn't get out huh? i know i was about to say hey let's go i want to go back and see the dinosaur area back there see what they're doing <laughs> but you know it's um they uh it was interesting to watch the people in the crowds and what they did um in between before i really knew what was happening and the power was out and the rain was coming down uh, i coined a phrase called sandpiper people where you know you've seen the sandpipers where they run up to the beach and the water comes back and they run away mm-hmm. well they got in line for a coaster and when it started raining they all ran away that's kind of hilarious and then when it came back or when the rain stopped, they get back in line, and when it rained, they'd run again. Are these people allergic to water? I think so. But, you know, they also, you have to realize if, if a coaster shut down, it takes a good half hour to get it yeah. running again. And a lot of people were complaining and upset, which I understand. You know, if I, I did travel eight hours to get there, that's a lot to, to think about. But, you mm-hmm. know, the Cedar Point really did a good job. I just wish that they had given their employees more information so they could have talked to the guests, told them what was happening. They could have gotten everybody to the front of the park. Um, I didn't know if the main causeway was open, but several employees told me that I could take the Chaussee, which was the original sort of road that led out of the island that they built, I think, sometime in the 40s or the 50s. And it did take me what, you know, that morning would have taken me four minutes, took over 25 minutes to get off the island. But that's okay. I can deal with it. I can live okay. with it. But I, Good. I I do want to give a shout out before we end the trip report to on Twitter, Movie Guys Craig and Movie Guys Josh. They run they're part of the podcast crew that runs uh, intermission by the movie guys. They started tweeting with the hashtag CP Blackout. And it was hysterical. If you get the chance, do a search for CP Blackout because we were doing photos of the the damage like a small tree limb that had fallen or the arcade with lights off or none of the coasters running, that sort of thing. And no one was trapped on any coasters. You know, they good, had stopped good. it beforehand. And even so, for the most part, most of these coasters, once they got up the lift hill, would have gone back to the station, almost by by gravity. 
But just by gravity Just itself. by gravity itself. Or it would have stopped at one of the other smaller stations, and they would have been able to evacuate. But they had stopped the rides with, with plenty of time. So it, I felt very safe. Cedar Point did a great job of handling everything. Just like I said, I wish they'd given the employees thing more information to give out. So I'm, I just need a trip back to Cedar Point. So I can experience the other 10 roller coasters I didn't get and some of the awesome flat rides they had. Some classics. I loved it. And just to give a shout out to our our past one, if you want to know more about uh, Cedar Point, it's episodes 216 and 217 we did the uh, the history of -hmm. of that park. Exactly. And if you have ever been in a park when they've had a blackout or some kind of emergency, give us a call on the goat line. Let us know what happened. Uh, What did you experience? Call us at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So we both received review copies of Three Little Words from Disney Publishing Worldwide. It's a picture book by Amy Noveskai, or Noveski with illustrations by Grace Lee. And it's a book that's inspired by the upcoming Disney Pixar film, Finding Dory. So obviously right now, Dory fever is at this all-time high, obviously, because the film, the first film is like so loved by everyone. And at first, this book kind of seemed like a cash grab, but it actually wound up being kind of adorable. Wait a minute, Disney doing a cash grab? Who knew? Who knew? Anyway, so there are no real spoilers in the fi- of the film in the book, except I do think you'll be introduced to a few characters. Better yeah, in the yeah. film. Um, and as I mentioned, it is a picture book, meaning that it's meant to be read to a child or... Or George. Or me, that's fine. Or one of the first books that a child reads to themselves, like me again. Um, it's a very inspiring tale for kids and parents, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a nice rehash of Finding Nemo and also includes parts of the new film as well. And kind of think of it as Dory's uh, greatest motivational hits, and and you'd be on the right track. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good way to get a conversation started with your kids. And, you know, the artwork is gorgeous. Exactly. Uh, Grace Lee um, did an amazing job with the artwork. And that's going to be the major focus of uh, anyone that's actually reading this book. And Lee's art really envelops the whole page and is very reminiscent of the film or that style of artwork of being underwater and Lee's work actually had a very sandy slash watercolor feel to it and it was very enchanting yeah yeah and I know when we we say this a lot but it may be buying two copies of the book you know one to read and one to hang up the artwork because it's it's really nice looking I was actually pleasantly surprised not just by the content by but by the actual artwork as well yeah yeah I hate the that we tell people to deface a book once they buy it yeah, yeah. But that makes the value go up for everybody else, right? It does, right? Yeah. I guess. it's uh, exclusive? Something like that? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay, so this week's book was a picture book. It was Three Little Words by Amy Noveski and Grace Lee. What we liked, what we didn't like, yay's in the booze! 60-second review! Okay, we're going to hop right along for our next... 60 second. I did? Oh, man. I know, I know. Obviously, we're going to review Zootopia, which has just been (laughs) released on Blu ray. And Jeff is just as ashamed as I am, but neither one of us saw this in the theater. And we're both kind of wishing we had. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it was 
pleasant I was pleasantly surprised by how good it was. I mean it was well written, funny, and I know a lot of interesting subject matter that they tackled in it, don't you think? Yeah, I, I've had a lot of friends who told me they really enjoyed it in the theater, and you know, it, when I first saw the first preview for it a while ago, I was like, eh, it eh. looks kind of weird. I'm not sure where Disney is going with this, and their the promotion is a little under the top. So like, are they afraid of it or something like that? But you know, as you mentioned, it's got a great message, and even you know, watching it with my 12 year old, he goes, oh. This movie is really talking a lot about racism, isn't it? And I was like, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very good. Very, wow, very good. Wow. Um, um, so, like, basic plot synopsis, if you've not mm-hmm. seen it yet. Uh, Judy Hopps is the first rabbit police officer, but she's so small that she's assigned to, like, meter maid duty in Zootopia. And that's where she comes across Nick Wilde, uh, the crafty fox. And, you know, the two of them get mixed up together in a crazy buddy comedy, missing persons, and, you know, 48 hours to solve it, blah, blah, blah. But there's, like, this really nefarious plot that they uncover, and it's insane. And I couldn't believe how actually deep and layered it was. (laughs) I think that surprised me, too. It reminded me a lot of... There, of course, the violence was, there wasn't a lot of violence and very, actually, there wasn't a lot of violence, was there? A lot of cartoon chases type yeah. thing, but not a lot of anything. I was going to say, the plot reminded me a lot of the first season of Daredevil, where you just had to keep, uh, you know, pulling back the layers. It surprised yeah. Yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. at what happened, and it wasn't as predictable as you think it might be, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. But, you know, uh, it was breathtaking on so many levels. It was gorgeous. And yeah, when, when they would explored a lot of different regions, they all look fantastic. Yeah, especially when they would go from Little Rodentia, which was the town for the little mice, and of course, <laughs> then the rabbit is huge. The scale, the perspective, it was great. You mentioned the writing; the writing yes. was superb. There was nothing that was superfluous. The characters were so well developed in such a short time period. It was yeah. great. Yeah, and you know, the only downside I thought of the disc were the extras. Um, they were they were just okay, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, meh, meh, meh. Nothing spectacular. Um, they looked at the some of the character inspiration, how the animators gave life to these characters, um, uh, the element, the environments, which you know we talked about, were just gorgeous itself. Um, uh, I really like the one about uh, making the music that they called Scortopia. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice I really, one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like Michael, oh gosh, Giacome? Yeah. I think yeah, that's, yeah, we'll get that, yeah, yeah. we'll score that one. And it had some deleted scenes, you know, nothing major. But again, when you see those deleted scenes and you look at the film, you're like, oh yeah, it's tight. It's cut the way it needs to be. Oh uh, yeah, it was good cutting those things out, Yeah, and I thought. You know, the only thing that confused me, and of course my son had no idea, he had no idea who Shakira was. Um, she not timely anymore? I guess not. Um, That's weird. But I really thought she should have been the voice of a billy goat. I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> sorry, all the Shakira fans just turned off the podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I know what else we're going to do. But but overall, I loved it. thought it was a fun film. Um, when I was away on my coaster trip, my family actually watched it twice. Um, oh, wow. Without me. And they enjoyed it. And, you know, uh, my oldest... Friend, you know they're both 17 they like the movie but i'm not allowed to tell you that on the show it'll, no, it'll no, embarrass no, just, no don't mention names yeah i won't mention their okay. names at all um but overall so yeah i think it's totally yeah. uh, i mean get it yeah. for reals definitely buy it but we're not gonna tell you to buy two copies and cut one out and hang it on your wall though right no that'd be weird that'd be really weird i mean maybe you're into that i don't know uh, could be some kind of art i'm not gonna stop you no maybe we should stop this 
Okay, let's let's stop this. Yeah, go buy it. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So in the newest area of the Africa section of Disney's Animal Kingdom, you're going to find the new home of Festival of the Lion King. And in addition to the new theater that they built for it, there's also restrooms and more. Um, but there's also this shop that's called Mariaya's Souvenirs. So, I mean, of course it's going to sell Lion King merchandise because it's right by Festival of the Lion King. But it also holds a rare, uh, excuse me, a relic of the past. Because in the center of the store, uh, up, up above a little bit, is a Pioneer tape player. Now, you kids at home, a tape player <laughs> a tape is player. what came before CDs, which is what came before MP3 players. Um, but inside the tape player, the tape is a cassette tape of the Lion King soundtrack. Because, you know, it's probably worth millions now. Uh, nobody uses cassette tapes anymore. That's true. That's very true. Wow. Um <clears throat> Speaking of something that's worth a million dollars at least, or at least it's got the word million in the title, yay, is our year of a million or so limited time cadets weekly prize giveaway. Hooray! Yay! And as a reminder, you still have a handful of months. 29 29 weeks. weeks, 29 prizes left to go, and you can enter this weekly contest by emailing communicorweekly at gmail.com with your name, address, and birthday so we can add you to the drawing. Again, that's communicorweekly at gmail.com. So Jeff, mm -hmm. take it away. So this week's winner is going to get a Fairy Godmother Travel prize pack. Yay. And that winner is none other than Barry W. from Knoxville, Tennessee. Ooh. Congratulations, that's, Barry. That's close to Dollywood, so maybe Teresa could mail it to me, and then I could drive Ooh. it over there. I mean, it's only... And have an excuse to go to Dollywood. Four or five hours away, yeah, and ride lightning Fair on enough. the new coaster and hang out with my buddy Dolly. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah, we could do it. We could do it. Go nuts. All right, go well, nuts. Barry, when you get that, let us know. You know... Yeah, send us a photo. Send We'd us a photo at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Because you got to say it like three times to make yeah, people Yeah, you just say like get it in there so people yeah, so remember. remember so. I getcha. Okay, well, thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. However you get the show, or whether it's on iTunes or YouTube, leave us a comment, leave us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Nobody ever gets it through Pony Express, do they? No, not anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, as I mentioned, email us at communicoreweekly at gmail.com to enter the contest or if you need help getting out of a blacked out theme park. Hey. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weekly. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm at Imaginerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck. And of course, you can always give us a call on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. And visit communicoreweekly.spreadshirt.com or the Communa store on our website to get some awesome t-shirts. Because you really need them. You do, you do. And you also have plenty of time left to get your official cadet membership card or sticker. Just send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856. And you can always visit patreon.com slash Weekly to find out how you two can support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Rain. <laughs>